You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. As our beloved Broadway community approaches a return, we are following four working artist mothers from both sides of the table and across diverse worlds as they emerge from this time of togetherness with their children. Two became pregnant and gave birth in the 17 months since the shutdown, while the other two paused the eight-show-a-week mom-life juggle and are having to readapt to time away from their sweet babes, knowing now just how precious the moments with them are. Tony nominee Elizabeth Stanley, Moulin Rouge's Corey Petinod, choreographer Lauren Lataro, and Come From Away's Pearl Sun share their stories in our special four-part miniseries, Returning Reborn, the rebirth of the Broadway mom. Thanks so much for tuning in. Welcome to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Jessica Rush. And hi, and I'm Brooke Jacob, not Kara Cooper. <laughs> what? What's happening, Jessica? Exactly. Um, I so to let you know a little uh, a little back scoop, a backstory about how we got here. You might have noticed that we haven't had a new episode in a few weeks. Truth of the matter, Kara and I are drowning in this return to quote unquote, the new normal, whatever this is still in a pandemic life. And, uh, and we just have not been able to make things happen in the same way we did when we were just chilling at our houses. So, um, so we thought, a we're going to do an episode where I'm going to tell you what it's been like for me to go back to work. We have the returning reborn series that we spoke with, you know, Elizabeth Stanley. We're talking to her off and on Corey Petinod, Pearl Sun, following these mothers as they have returned to work and the Broadway community has started back up again. Uh, and then we thought maybe I should talk about my experience because <laughs> I'm returning as well. Returning reborn. And, uh, and then Kara had an idea. She said, you know what? Brooke, she's like, why don't we have Brooke do it? Because it was actually Brooke's idea to talk. It was. I wanted. I wanted to know. Yes. This information. <laughs> yes. I was talking to Brooke and lamenting the fact that, like, I don't know. We can, we got to find people. We we don't know who we're going to talk to. It's so hard and this and that and life. And Brooke was like, I I love it when you and Kara talk and y'all just talk about what y'all are doing and the banter between you two. So why don't you do one of those and talk about what it's been like for you to return? And uh, and then when I pitched it to Kara, she was like, Why don't we have Brooke do it? Brooke has listened since day one. We actually didn't even know each other then. That's we're gonna get into that, but um, she's a she's an awesome friend and and fan of the podcast, and she has listened to all the episodes, and she's in our world as well. And so we thought, let's try it. Let's do something different. This is so fun, Jessica. It's true. So I've listened to every episode. I had it wrong though. I thought that the first one was Celia and second was Laura, but I went back. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I'm a you know, interviewer person now, mm-hmm. so I need to do my research before uh-huh. I come. Yeah. And I went back and it was so funny as they were talking and like their ages, what ages the kids were. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, yeah. So yeah. I went back That's for a, a second. Look, but yeah. I, I'm embarrassed to realize, I think I've missed like two episodes, which actually made me excited because I was like, oh, now I know what I can do. Oh, yeah. which ones do you think you missed? I don't, I have to look back. It was like two that I was like, maybe, or maybe I had and I wasn't positive, but I, yeah, I've I've listened to some of them twice. I've cried. Aww. I know. It's, yeah, I know it's a thing. I'm you a know fan. what? Funny story. The thing about you saying you thought Celia was first, but it was Laura. Celia was actually the very first episode we ever recorded. Oh, she actually was our very first guest, but we didn't use hers to launch. We used Laura's to launch. Well, which it was, was funny. Right so after. she said in it, she and said, they're very good friends. I think they were finishing up. They thought they were finishing up, but didn't realize they were coming back. But that was before the pandemic. Oh, yeah. It was like, yeah. oh my gosh, nobody bird. knows that what's even to come. What's to come? I know. Yeah. Listening to them now, like yeah, yeah. pre-pandemic episodes, and you're like, we had no idea. Literally, like Lisa Guida's episode, we recorded in February of 2020, and she laments how, like, oh my god, this flu season, and my kids, and they've been oh, sick, wow. and they won't stop being sick, and we're just trapped inside our house. And ah, you were like, <laughs> that'll be fun. And a month later, yeah, yeah, yeah. good times. Okay, so, so I'm going to stop interrupting because you're still in charge until I take the lead. No, okay, let me, so, okay, so now, now I pass the baton to okay, Brooke. Okay, well, hello everybody, welcome to Mama's Talking Loud. I'm, 
<laughs> okay, I first of all just had to say I'm so excited to do this and very nervous because I've never interviewed somebody and it's showing me how amazing it is what you and Kara do. Kara, <laughs> Jessica, thank you for letting me do this. Yes. Um, well, first off, I like to begin uh, this podcast. Can you please tell us about Elliot? <laughs> <laughs> I want to do this right. Yes. Um, so Elliot is seven and change. Seven and just a couple months, actually. Um, and she's in the second grade. And she is thrilled to be back in school. She is. She loves hip-hop. She loves singing. Like, we'll be sitting here watching TV and something's on. And she starts singing the des- like a descant. She's making up riffs and such. Um, not always in the most amazing way. <laughs> but you know, she's she's finding her groove. She's figuring it out. She also though is real sassy. Like the sass is starting to come out and I think it's partly like being back at school with other people and this age as a girl and the things that she tends to watch on TV like miraculous and such and I have to put the kibosh on some of that because I can't the sass is not that cute. We need a little sass, enough sass. That she doesn't let people take advantage and that she lets them know what's up. But not so much sass that I have to turn to her and say, uh, excuse me? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. You don't talk like that. Oh. <laughs> that's your southern. And then she goes, yeah, exactly. And then she goes, I'm just kidding. I was like, mm-hmm. I got your number. Yeah. So we have to we have to address that. But she's great otherwise. She's super kind. And we had her parent-teacher conference the other day. And her teacher said... I wish I had lots of more students like Elliot, which is like, you know, she said she's so encouraging of others and that she is always ready to learn and she is super excited to be in school. And that just made it like, that was awesome because after the year of the pandemic, homeschooling her and not being around kids and this is a new school than we were at before, it's all, it's been a lot. And so to hear that she's doing well enough to make her presence known in that way you know, and to be recognized as someone who's happy to be there and excited to learn. That yeah. was really, that's all you can ask for, I yeah. think, right? Like a good, a kind, a kind heart. So that was nice. Yeah. And I, I get to say, I, I, I know Elliot very well because I get to see her every week on class. Yes. I get to be one of her teachers that gets to love how she is. And it's true. She's <laughs> always, um, she is incredibly kind. And I've told you this before. I see funny bits of myself and her as a little kid like yeah. when she she wants to be really good and she wants to do it right and mm-hmm. um and she is always encouraging of other kids yeah. she's a, such a cool kid well thank um, you yes y'all shout out to brooke brooke uh runs scamper theater for kids and elliot does it i've talked about it before and i've posted i think about it on mama's talking loud but elliot loves it it's one of her favorite hours of the week and during the pandemic it was particularly awesome on zoom because eric and i would go into the bedroom of the one bedroom apartment we were staying in and get in bed with our hot coffee and it was the only time in the week we weren't having to be like completely engaged with our child because it was just the three of us and it was the best i do to say something and you can edit it out but she just mentioned her one bedroom apartment i don't know if jessica's told you about her incredible apartment that she's moved i know first Uh. of all you, it's just you've lived the dream this is amazing her apartment's yeah. amazing and I wanted to say because you manifested it we both talked a lot when we were both away we both what's the word we're the displaced New Yorkers and I'm just so happy for you because you have an incredible uh thank you place that thank feels you. like home that you could live in forever really don't anyone take it away from me I will fight you yeah <laughs> I will fight you to no, the it's, end it's amazing yeah. no that's the thing and you sort of touched on that it's like Brooke and I didn't really know each other at all when the pandemic started no. um, we'd met a couple times um in the neighborhood and that was it and then we started Marco Poloing yeah I don't even remember how it started I but don't we either just... and then we became like the person yeah. for each other in a lot of ways because like she said we were both displaced and there weren't a lot of people that stayed displaced well, for I the whole time we had talked about there were at least for me there was obviously more categories there were the people that had were just in their apartments and stayed and that was it and then the people that had their homes in the suburbs and they did that and then it was me and you that i knew that had left but we were like well we're coming back i just don't know when and it was that weird thing and so i think we did connect over that but yes she you are back and you need to stay in this place forever because it's <laughs> <laughs> a dream. It is a dream. Um, let's get to all right. Let's get to let's get it. To the oh big boy! Stuff first. Just how how are you feeling? You are back, and you are. This is your first original lead role, right? Yes, it's the first original principal 
contract. It's the first time I've originated a principal role on Broadway. And I saw Jessica in the role, and she's amazing. I got to go to the Invited Dress. I, uh, it, She's awesome. She won't Thank say you. that, so I'm allowed to do that. She's so great. Thanks. I was crying under my mask, just knowing, you know, I knew you had done it before, but I wasn't friends with you before when you were doing it. Mm -hmm. So knowing the pause and you waiting and... Um, you know, being in the audience that night when it was very emotional. It was oh, my God. Crazy that was crazy just to see you up there. And That was um, crazier even than, like, what I thought the first show back would be, like, with the paying audience. The invited dress yeah. was the paying audience then sort of that night. It was still cool, but, like, yeah. the invited dress, because it was so many people of our families, friends, of the community, um, the energy was insane no and it was know. i just have to say it was so amazing to see you up there because obviously we see friends perform all the time and it's we're used to it but it had been a long time since seeing someone you know and so i did have that funny feeling of like oh i see you like without your makeup and just being a mom <laughs> and then i was like oh that's that's jessica doing her thing like doing her thing i was with my mom and she's like that's the that's the one you know i was like yeah that's you know and it was that funny feeling of like oh she's that like she's doing her <laughs> thing um we didn't even really talk about it afterwards. no we did it it was late and it. i was like i have to go to bed but right <laughs> it was, yeah it was really funny to be like oh there she is like she is mm. in her element okay so oh, now my thanks. first questions how is it going back what does it feel mm. like to you um so many things it's been incredible it's been overwhelming it's been emotional it's been heavy it's been light it's been literally I mean I feel like when people say like how are you I just sort of want to throw up my hands and be like I mean I'm here we're doing it like I just feel like I'm well first off I'm drowning now I mean I thought I kept thinking like we came back to the show and I had put on you know I've talked before about Ivy and Clark you the listeners know that I started that during the pandemic and I didn't put the shop on pause but I wasn't I haven't been giving much energy to it with regard to like Instagram or advertising or anything like that but orders have still been coming in but I had to sort of put that to the side and then because I was focusing on getting the show back and I kept thinking like once the show's back then I'll have my days free Elliot will be back in school and I'll have more time and things will be great and it just keeps I keep thinking like well and then this will happen and then it'll be easier okay well let me get through this time and then it'll be easier and nothing is getting easier <laughs> I mean it's been um you know unexpectedly Eric went back to work. We weren't expecting that. Waitress came out of nowhere, and that was a blessing. And he went back to work in August, and then I went back in September, right when he started performances. And, you know, we're also just not just getting back into the groove of eight shows a week and that life, but also without my parents living with us, mm. which has been a massive adjustment because yeah. um, they lived with us from the time Elliot was one and a half. So <laughs> this is now we have to, like, schedule sitters. And we have, you know, my dad, they still take her. Like, my dad does is with her on Thursday. Yeah. And then on Fridays, she goes and spends the night at their apartment, which is amazing, and has a sleepover so that, you know, that's fun. But that means Tuesday, Wednesday, Sunday, anytime something comes up unexpectedly, like, I have to scramble. Um, and that's been an adjustment. Like, they're literally this, I remember this happening. I was going to the opening of Lion King with my bestie, and Eric had a show that night. But I hadn't gotten a sitter. Because it wasn't, I wasn't back in the routine of right. it all. And we were like, I'm look, I'm on the computer and Eric's getting ready to leave for, um, I think he had like, uh, he had rehearsal and a preview maybe or something. I don't know. But he was getting ready to leave. And I was like, yeah, and then I'm going with Michael tonight. And then all of a sudden I realized, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Who's, we have to have someone to take care yeah. of Elliot. So then I text my parents. I was like, I'm so sorry, y'all. Michael invited me to this, and I did not even think about childcare. I didn't, it right. did not even cross my mind because I had been living in a place very much a place of privilege with that regard that, like, I had my parents there and built in childcare. And I was able, I could just make plans because I knew one of them would most likely be there because right. they didn't do a lot of things, you know? And, um, and of course they came to the rescue because that's why they moved here was to be grandparents. You know, my dad loves that. My dad would be here every night babysitting if I would let him. But I don't want him to because, yeah. like, I want him to have his life too, you know. Anyway, so that was a perfect moment where I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm really out of practice. I have not gotten back into the mindset and the headspace of it all. Um, and then on top of it, you know, coming back to work, 
there was a lot of discussion, obviously, last year with Black Lives Matter and with equity and equality with regard to diversity and inclusion in the Broadway community, not just in the country and the world in ways. And, um, and so coming back to this show in particular that is made up so heavily of um, people of color, specifically black people, um, we there were conversations happening throughout the year before we returned. And then as we returned, we uh, Broadway Advocacy Coalition graciously came in. Our producers had them come in and we had the general managers in the room, some producers in the room, as well as our band and creatives and ourselves and our company. And we did three days of work um, doing, you know, affinity groups and exercises and speaking with one another and telling our truths and our experiences and being extremely honest and open and vulnerable and raw. And it was incredible. And I feel closer to my company than I ever have. Like I really, it was wonderful at the Mm -hmm. end. However, in those days, and I think I even told you, like, I was just like, I can't stop eating. Like I'm eating a ton and I'm drinking and I'm exhausted. Like I'm sleeping. And I was like, what is going on? And I realized it was the emotional weight of what was happening, which is all good things. And I, and I think for me, what was and this is something I could talk on a whole different episode about, but like as a white woman, I know that there are privileges that I have had, whether I was conscious of them or not. And in not just in this business, but in the world at large, and I continue to have. And I think it was so shocking to, without going into specifics, to hear how different the, the processes were for the white people on our show and the black company members during the initial rehearsal process in 2019 yeah, and to hear them speak as to how it was for them and hear their pain and the trauma and how we contributed in ways we weren't even aware of by our silence, by not even being, being aware of things that were being said. That's the thing. It's like stuff was happening and going down that didn't even register in my mindset because of the life I live and, and, and my truth. And, um, and in this year of learning and listening and unlearning and reading and conversations that I've had with very close friends of mine, um, it's combined with that has been incredible and a gift. It's been, it's been hard and it's been emotional and it's, you know, white fragility is real. You know, these are like you know, buzzwords, but they're, they are real and, and putting aside my own shit and, and figuring out my space in in this world and how I can be an advocate and how I can be an ally and how I can use the privilege that I have to lift up those who may not and to lend my support as well. When I see things being done, I can step into the space and unfortunately it still makes a difference. And we've seen that still in our process that when we speak up, it's different and response is different. And, and to have our company members say to us, thank you for doing that. Because when you stand up with us, it, it does make a difference. Um, it's been a lot. That's about, Oh, I just, <laughs> Oh my God. It's been a lot. We it's never get, I never lot. get to hug you in real I know, life because I, I see you on the, I, I just, I didn't, I mean, I just, it's just been, it's been yeah. a lot. Like, in the best way, in the way of learning, in the way of being a better person and broadening my worldview and broadening my view of humanity and holding space and honoring the pain and trauma of my fellow actors and 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 learning what I can do to, you know, I, I'm trying to raise a better human and we, we both are and they will be, you know, we have to, we must do better and we must change the narrative and we must recognize, um, atrocities and, um, the nasty parts of our history and our life and, and how that has shaped, uh, the stories that are told and what we can do to change that. That was a lot. 
Hey, you guys. <laughs> no, but that's what, that's what, when people ask me, I, I haven't say, really talked about you? it. The question is just how, I, that was, we just started. How are you? <laughs> oh, God. That's how it's I am. I mean, I it's a lot. In the, a lot. In the best way. And there, yeah. and all of us are feeling that. So then take, yeah. take that, take that work yeah. that's being done, combine it with coming back into a space that is while it is my church and my safe space I now have to wear a mask in it constantly I have to be tested three times a week I have to trust that everyone within the space is also thinking about the fact that my child is not yet vaccinated she will be soon but like we have people with babies we have people with pregnant wives we have you know we all it's up to all of us we have to trust one another to keep our jobs going to keep our health going all these things like the weight of it the underlying current of stress within this time is massive. And I don't think enough of us are talking about it and enough of us aren't recognizing it. So yeah. y'all know me. I have no filter. I will tell you the truth. And here we are because it's 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 me. You know, I'm the only one here today to talk and I'm going to tell you. But it's been it's been a lot. And on top of it, figure out sending my child to school and the weight of her wearing a mask to school and being safe at school. And oh, it's just. It's just so many things. It's well, so you really things. did jump from zero to all of it and more. I mean, we had talked about it because you came back to the city maybe two months before mm -hmm. me and you said it all feels like a dream, like the last 18 months never happened. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm now at that point where it is really weird. But um, there's this strange, I mean, today I was, I was with people and I said, I'm sorry, I'm actually just, I'm still weird. And mm -hmm. you have to give me a sec. I'm just weird. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not always, but I'm, I'm weird. And, like, it's going to take me a second to – I get overstimulated. I, um, I'm i such an extrovert, but I'm also – I'm a, you know, only child like Elliot, which mm -hmm. we talked about. And it's like I like my alone time. And you went – and I'm having to say there's days where I, I sometimes want to be at the playground with a lot of moms. And sometimes I'm like, I actually can't do it. But mm -hmm. you kind of don't have that grace. You went in. Yeah. And not yeah. just that you went in. You went back to the show, but now you've also added and these new businesses mm -hmm. and all these things. And it's like you're supposed to just be who you were, mm -hmm. you know. So. Be who you were, but, but not, yet right. you are never going to be that person again. Right. Like I it's, I had this feeling and I t said it on my story the other day. I was backstage and at the top of the show, um, we are off stage singing with that with the rest of the company on Nutbush. And so like we're sweetening it a little bit. And... I was standing there in my wig and my costume and my robe because I'm, I'm, you know, it's chilly and I'm singing and I'm looking around and we're not wearing masks because we're singing. So in that moment, I had this out of body, strange experience, like, like it could have been March 9th of 2020. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. March 10th of 2020. It, it, it felt like it could have been yesterday. Like I know intellectually, obviously time passed, 18 months went by. I wasn't working. We were not in that space. There was almost two year period where that show was not happening. And yet it feels like a dream. If, and yet it feels like I was there yesterday because, and I, and I think this is similar. I felt this way at being about being at Jersey Boys for so long. It's like I marked my life in as to what show I was doing. At least I did for a very long time. Oh, I was doing this show and then that ended and then I went to the next one and I went to the next one. And being at Jersey Boys for six years, it didn't feel like six years to me because it was only one show. Right. So it was sort of that thing of like, wait, I was 29 when it started and yeah. then I was 37 when it ended or 36 or whatever. And I was like, how is that possible? Like it was just one show, but it was six years of my right. life. And that's sort of how I feel with the pandemic. It's like it was 18 months mm -hmm. of my life. I mean, but yet it's the same show. I'm wearing the same clothes. I'm doing the same things. It's just we took a giant pause. It's the strangest thing. I can't believe I lived in La Jolla for a year. It feels like a dream. I feel like a broken record sometimes because it just feels. Because on top of coming back and doing the work with regard to um, race and inclusion, there's also just having to honor and hold space for how we feel coming back from the pandemic. We did that kind of stuff in our mm -hmm. rehearsal process, too. We each took a moment with, you know, we separated into twos and sort of took two minutes and said everything we needed to say about our time in the pandemic. And then we shared it for one another to the company. And the difference of, of 
stories. Some people were like, the pandemic was awesome. I hung out with my wife and we did this and it was great. And then it was, I lost three family members to the Mm -hmm. pandemic, like right at the beginning after they came to see me in the show in New York. Do you know what I mean? Like, so caring, the person was carrying that weight of like, they came to see me, they traveled to see me in this show. And then a month later they were gone because of COVID that they contracted probably coming to here to see me. And then like with myself and Eric being sick and our friend Nick passing away and my aunt passing away of COVID, like we, you have to honor everyone and hold space for where we all are individually because we're all coming back in different ways. Like you're saying, you're weird. I'm still weird. I'm still weird to a certain degree, but I'm less weird in places where I'm, I now I'm used to being, you know, like now I'm ready to be maskless at the theater for most of the time. Totally. It's like we test three times a week. We've now been running for, you know, a month and a half. Knock wood. We've done well. We haven't had any cases yet. Oh my God, knock wood. But like, I know, (laughs) but, um, so I feel safe there, you know, especially because the crew is all masked. Everyone else is masked, but I don't eat indoors still. You know, and part of that's because not only my show, but my husband's show that we both have two bubbles that are relying on us to stay safe, to not shut down the show, to not, you know, anyway, but it's just, so I know that when you did, when you were in La Jolla, that was the first time that you and Eric had like done dinners, you had said with Elliot and that you had this unit and you're this, both of you right now, it's this example of like, you have it all. And yet I imagine not to put words in your mouth, but I wonder, like, do you miss bits of the simplicity? Like, are there things where you're, you know, are there things? And also just because we now know as parents, they're just truly, there's no such thing as having it all because, I, you know, and I'll put words and you can elaborate, but like, you can't do an evening show and wake up with a kid and have it all because you're going to be exhausted. There's some <laughs> yeah. sacrifice. So Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, I do miss the simpler times, like the year 2007, before, <laughs> before the iPhone, yeah. before we had everything at our fingertips, yeah. before social media took over, like truly, we laugh about it, but I really, it's poison. It's just ultimate, it's a necessary evil, but I just think the dumbing down of like America That's, and life in general I've is just. I've been watching, I've gone back to movies from t- the year, it's like 1998 I saw you to 2004, this. but it's truly because I rem- like. I didn't have a phone and I realized that that's the biggest change that I, why am I missing that time? Oh. Yeah. Cuz you didn't have a it phone. Cuz now we that sit here and we spend so much time yeah. on the phone looking at our phone, social media, doing the thing and when you have businesses like the podcast like Ivy and Clark like ourselves, you know, and you do this with Scamper. It's like we have to be promoting and we have to be trying to drum up business and yes, it's a necessary evil, but I miss the simpler times. I do miss, you know, I do miss parts of our time in La Jolla. I mean, it was lovely to ease into the day. You know, Elliot would sleep until like 8 or 8.30. We homeschooled her starting at 10. Have coffee, you know, out on the balcony in the Southern California weather, which was always beautiful, you know, which fall's been nailing it here. So, I mean, yeah. I'm thrilled with that. But, but I do miss, you know, I don't miss having to decide what to make for dinner or for every meal. <laughs> I've never liked that part. Um, but I do miss just having a little more time with her. Because we don't see her as much. I miss her, which is really nice, actually. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, my God, please just take her to the beach or something. Like, How was your day? Instead of like, I yeah. know what you did. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was here for all of it, um, playing make-believe, you know. But um, I do – it's hard. I miss parts of it, but also I thrive in this space. My body likes the show schedule, like, for my own self. I feel myself getting back to more of who I was. However, I do feel very much like I touched on this at the beginning. We will never, I, I've always said, I'm no, you're never as carefree as you were pre-baby, first off. Like I always tell friends that are pregnant, leave your house and just decide to leave your house and then do it like at the same time, like in five minutes and be like, I'm going to go to the coffee shop and then stand up, grab your little fanny pack or your crossbody tiny bag with nothing in it and take yourself to the coffee shop. Grab your mama's talking loud. Well, pack. well, we'll you get will. There. Well, we're going to get there. Yeah, we're going to get there. But like, but pre-baby, you yeah. know, the ease of leaving your house. And, and you, and I always say you will never walk through the world as carefree again once you have a child, no matter what, like even when they're grown, I, you still will think of where they are. Are they safe? What are they doing? You know, and I feel that way after the pandemic. I saw a picture of myself from February of 2020 and that girl is not here anymore. And I was a woman then. I was a mother. I was a woman, all these things, but she is not here. It has, it has, I think, 
so many of us, it has aged us in our souls, <laughs> some on our faces, on our bodies. Like, take away just when you've had COVID and the long haul stuff. It's like just the pandemic, the stress, being in this fight or flight mode for years now on end almost of uncertainty too is just, it's wearing and we'll never be those people. Nothing's changed and everything has changed. Everything has changed. Yeah. I know you don't balance it all because there's no way, but how are you on a day to day? I actually, I have like an obsession with knowing people's schedules and how they do it. I do. I love to know. <laughs> That's like, like, I feel like infatuation or something in. like some, there's some like I love New knowing, York magazine or something. I does love that. knowing how it's like I have my systems where mm-hmm. I write it. How do I do it? When do I have mm-hmm. my most? You know, how am I going to make it work mm-hmm. and then still not do my list? But I'm, right. I like to know because you're doing four social media accounts. <sighs> I'm and I and the fact that you're still doing Ivy and Clark, which I'm so happy that you're, excuse me, still doing it Thank because you, you could have stopped. But I, I'm curious, like when you wake up, how do you go? Like this is how we're going to get it done. Well, <laughs> it I have yet to figure it out, really. Every day is a little different still because I'm just getting – I've realized that if I go back to bed – so I get up at – the alarm goes off at 7.15. I can push it to 7.15. So that means you're getting how many hours of sleep? Um, I like those details. I would say on an early show night, I'm usually in bed by midnight, so that's not too bad. That would mean I get home at like – 10 15 10 30 I hang out for an hour with E and then I go to bed on a late night when it's um on a late night when the show starts at eight which is Wednesdays and it's good because with the early show on Tuesday Thursday then that only means that on the school morning that's rough is the Thursday morning after Wednesday at eight o'clock um and Eric has no shows on Wednesdays so he takes actually uh Thursday mornings um because otherwise, I will. Funny story. Okay, this is going to be such a long episode, you guys. Maybe two parter. Um, so because I talk, but I have a lot. You know what's like funny? Oh my god! Questions, girl. We have a lot to talk about. No, I'll, I'll condense. <laughs> no, but like, when I remember I my Fitbit when we first got to La Jolla. You know how it would tell yeah. you how long you sleep, and I was and I'm obsessed with that. I want to know how long. Yeah, I, sleep. I need to know these so things. So I when I when Eric was in La Jolla doing the show and I was yes my parents lived with me but I was still getting up with her so I could see her in the morning and I was doing the show at night I was averaging five and a half hours of sleep Oof. that's Oof. what my Fitbit told me five and a half hours mm. and if I looked at it and you scrolled down it would vary between like four hours and 45 <laughs> minutes like six me. and a half I don't, yeah but I never got more than six and a half like that was that was a good night on according to my Fitbit and then it, we get to La Jolla, everything shuts down, and it's like nine hours, 11 hours. <laughs> Truly, like, I was going to sleep when she went to bed, basically, like 8.30, and I was sleeping all night. Like, I was, yeah. my body was catching up. Now, I would say, I probably, I don't have my Fitbit. I have an Apple Watch now, and I don't wear it to sleep because mm-hmm. it's too distracting. But I think I probably, once, by the time I zone out, by the time I get to sleep, by the time I put the phone down and stop scrolling mindlessly in bed... Um, which is not good. Um, I would say I'm probably at like six and a half or seven. Yeah. Maybe, maybe seven. No, I liked, I don't know why, yeah. but I love knowing people's, yeah. how I, they do it. I, like how I'm are a, you getting through that? I'm a yeah. seven to nine person, yeah. like truly. Um, if I need to, I'll come back. But like when I first started the performances last month, I came back. I remember there were two days I came back from put, taking her to school. I got in bed at eight. So now it's like 8.30. I got back in bed, and we slept until 11.45 one day. 11.45. And then that's not – that's right. shitty because right. then I wake up, and I'm like, my whole day has gone. I have to pick her up in three hours or whatever, yeah. and it's like, oh, man, now I don't have any time. Yeah. Y'all hear me. Y'all feel me, mamas. Y'all You're- feel me. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Okay, so then I, I'm skipping okay. because because it's already a half hour. No, because no. <laughs> but we're taking. Look, I have to. I'm being a flexible reporter. Yes. Uh-huh. Am I? What am I? A reporter or an interviewer? Interviewer. An interviewer. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, you're saying you're drowning, and you are finally asking for help, which I'm I am so proud of, and looking I for am. an assistant. I and am. why was that so hard for you? 
Uh, because I like to do everything by myself. I like to do it all. I like to be self-sufficient. I have been for a very long time as like financially I was self-sufficient from like I was working when I was 18 and I've supported myself. I only had to, thank goodness, knock wood, ask for help like once when I was younger. Do you know what I mean? So like I have been working and supporting myself since I was 18 and I've always been that. I've always been like... I can do it. I was that way in high school before I had to work and pay bills. I just, it's hard for me to acknowledge that I failed. Uh, there Wait, you go. stop it. There Wait, you go. And I'm going <laughs> to psychoanalyze you. I think, but you're so forgiving for others. Like, I feel like you've done this. You've started this. You started an entire Facebook page to help moms know that they're not alone mm-hmm. and ask for help and you need help. But that's hard for you, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's really hard. I'm very, very Capricorn, very like type A. What do we need? That's why I started Ivy and Clark. Like I, I saw a problem and I figured out the solution and then I did it and I executed it and I figured out how to do it. I didn't know how to bead bracelets. I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know how to make a logo. I didn't know how to order stickers. I didn't know how to do packaging. I didn't know how to edit episodes of a podcast. I didn't know how to build a website. I didn't know how to do any of these things, but I saw that I had to do something and I had to learn it and then I did it. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm very much a problem solver in that way. I also can be super lazy, but I have a really hard time asking for help. I take it, I take offense if people help me a lot of times. And, and, you know, and then there's also that thing with like, with when it comes to having your partner or your husband or your wife or your spouse, and it's like, it's just easier for me to do it. Like by the time I explain it to you, it's just, just let me do it, you know? And then you're doing, I'm doing all the things, right. you know? And he'll say, well, let me help, which is awesome. He's like, how can I help you? And I was like, well, but I have to explain to you how to help. Like, I can't. That It's just faster. Let me just do it. But then I'm trying to do all these things. Well, and I actually list there. Who It was Glennon Doyle. I oh, love her. Who I love. But there was an episode that had stuck with me about the mental load that Ugh. hit me. And I realized they were talking about that, but that how often we do it ourselves. But then we're watching them having the fun part, playing with the oh, kids yeah. while we're cleaning. And it's oh, like, yeah. wait, no, I want to oh, do yeah. the fun part. Oh, yeah. Well, and I don't even, it's not even like, yeah, I want to play with my kids, but I also want to like that, sit yeah. and read a book. Yeah. I want to sit and just chill. I want to take a nap in the middle of the day. Yeah. Cause that, ha- you know what I mean? Like I want to, it's so this proud thing. Of you it's for interesting. Doing, saying you need help. Thanks. Thank you. And it's funny because I was interviewing assistants today, which is so weird. <laughs> so weird. But it also feels really powerful. I'm just going to say it. Like, it's like, oh my God. Okay. I'm okay. We're doing this. And that's my thing is like, I just sort of keep going. Right. I just am. I could have stopped Ivy and Clark. I could, we could stop the podcast. Like we don't make money doing this podcast. You know, Kara and I do it out of a labor of love and it's a lot of work, but we do it because we think it's important to amplify voices of specifically working mothers, working artist mothers, and let people know they're not alone, but also let people in and see like, this is what it takes. You know, there's a meme going around that talks about like, we started calling moms rock stars instead of saying to them, how can we lighten your load? It's something like that. I'm paraphrasing it. But it's like, instead of saying, I see this as a lot. I see that you're doing a lot of things. How can we make it better? How can we help you to not have to do all the things? And instead, we were like, oh, my God, you're such a rock star. You're nailing it. Well, yeah, I'm nailing it. I'm also going to collapse under the weight of it all. This is why I'm so glad that you're saying this. Do you realize, though, we don't know that from you because you do come off like you've got it together. Like, I know that you... Yeah. Nobody does. Well, you know, I'm so glad that you're sharing. Thank you. This part of it because, on paper, you're in a hot show. You've been amazing. All the things that yeah. are amazing, and they yeah. are, and you should be so grateful, and they're amazing, and it can still be hard, and you can still well, be exhausted, and still need help. Totally. And I think I feel though that I'm very aware of how blessed I am, and I'm grateful. And so there's also probably that also that part of me that's like, well, I'm not going to complain about it because what do I have to complain about at the end of the day? We're healthy, knock wood. We're in shows. We have a place to live. We, You know what I mean? Like it's, I think it's this weird dichotomy. But what I was going to say is today when I was interviewing assistants, one of the people I interviewed is a mother as well. And she was like, I just want to say like the way you worded your ask on your post, she said, you were so open and honest with regard to asking for help and that you needed help. And she said, I feel like that's not said very often. And I really appreciate that. It made me feel... Like I wasn't alone. And for me, I don't know any other way to be. I'm very honest. I'm very unfiltered, much to the dismay of my husband sometimes and other people probably. But <laughs> I think like that's why we hit it off. Yeah, exactly. But like I just I, I don't know. What good does it do to bullshit? What good does it do to and I yes, I cultivate an Instagram. 
I will occasionally get on there and show the messy parts, but for the most part, I don't want to, because also I don't, Instagram was awesome in the beginning because it was people showing beautiful things, taking photos of interesting, beautiful things. And now it has become something else, but I still like to go on there to see beautiful pictures. That's why I follow a lot of wedding accounts. That's why I follow a lot of baby accounts. That's why I follow a lot of designing, like interior design accounts. I just, sometimes I just want to see beauty (laughs) because we see the messes, right? Especially like living in New York city. It's like I walk out my door and I see the mess and I see the struggle and I see the heartbreak and I see the homeless and I see the crazy, I see all of it. And sometimes you just want to escape and there aren't many places to escape to anymore. Yes, I can read a book, but sometimes I don't even want my brain to work that hard. Movies from the year 1998. Apparently I should watch 13 going on 30. Oh my God. I know. I remember (laughs) It truly though. I did Mean Girls the other day. Yeah. It's just like. Yeah. It's weirdly therapeutic because you're like talking to yourself from then. Mm -hmm. It's it's a strange. I'm telling you, it's a weird. Well, I just want to say thank you for acknowledging my ask and the fact that I did that. I mean, it's. I it, I didn't think much of it when I said it. Yeah. I mean, I said it's hard to ask for yeah. help just because I'm such a, I can do it all. That's just me. Like, even with my mother-in-law, you know, she comes to visit and she can be extremely helpful in so many ways, but it's really hard for me. Or when people, you know, I remember like during the pandemic when they would say, let us help you guys, you know, can we give you a couple hundred dollars to do whatever, like to for the gas to come up to see us? No, it's fine. We got it. It's like, still, I'm in a pandemic. I have no job. And I'm still saying like, no, because it feels like I'm failing. And that's my own, like, like we is. could unpack that like yeah, therapist, like, how long but that's, have? no, we don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a whole other thing. I yeah. think part of it's also like my Southern, my like Texas Southern pride. It's the same way if people come over and start to clean my house or pick up or something, it's like, how very dare you? Because yeah. that's like, I'm personally offended. You clearly think I didn't do a good enough job cleaning my house because now you're, you know, doing it or whatever. So anyway, that's a tangent. What else is okay. there, Brooke? Now What's I need to take a second because <laughs> I've gone, I know I've got it. We'll, we'll edit because I have to look back. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wanted to know about Elliot. How is she adjusting to all the changes of having, you know, we sort of talked us? about Elliot, but like that she was home with you every night and then this all these big changes and you know we've talked about it a little bit because my yeah. kids had huge changes but I was curious like she went from homeschool to mm-hmm. to school school yeah well it's been interesting because you know she was in kindergarten when the shutdown happened yeah. and now to me in second grade she lost that first grade year of transition where you no longer have the activity corners in your classroom probably you know like where you have free time and free play but you still have, it's not quite as structured, you know, because you're transitioning from kindergarten. And, and then by the time you get to second grade, you're like, okay, now we don't really have much recess. And now it's more like real school. She didn't have that. So that's been a bit of a struggle. Um, just because she's like, we don't, we don't get much time for recess and we can't play with each other because yeah. that's the thing because of COVID. They can't like, they can only play with their class and they can't touch each other. They have to do certain things. It's just... So there's all that. Ultimately, she still loves school, though. She wants to be there, you know, which is great. Um, And she loves having babysitters. She loves having babysitters. She's definitely had some anxiety at times, and she struggles to go to sleep at night um, without us here sometimes. But I think it's just overall she's doing really well. Overall, she, you know, sometimes she laments, oh, it was heartbreaking because I didn't have, I wasn't in the WhatsApp group for the class yet. Like this was like the second week of school. And she kept telling me there's going to be a playground date, a play date in Central Park on Sunday. Well, who, what time is it? I don't know. Where is it in Central Park? That is a large space. I don't know. Who's planning it? Reagan, like this kid in her class. And I was like, well, maybe it's just something she's saying, you know, whatever. And I had no way to get in touch with anyone. Like this was the very beginning. And I didn't know any other parents because you can't go into the school. You can only, you can't even go into the yard to pick them up. You know, you have to wave and they send them out to you. So like the community aspect has been a struggle to get used to in this new neighborhood. And, and, and so on Monday morning, the day after when this play date was going to happen, there was a PTA like coffee thing to meet parents. That was when it was. And there was a mom there from her class and she was like, oh yeah, we missed you guys at the play date yesterday in the park. <laughs> and my heart just like it makes me cry now it just like broke my heart because 
She so wants to make new friends. She's such a social kid anyway. And I, and I felt like I had failed her in that moment, which I could only do so much. Like I don't, I didn't know anyone, you know, and we didn't have a classroom list yet. We didn't have anything. And I just knew, I was like, she is inside that classroom right now. And I know it's, they're talking about it. And sure enough, that day I came home from running an errand and Erica picked her up and she was doing her homework. And I went into her room and I was like, how's it going? She's like, fine. I was like, are you okay? She was like, well, mom, there was a play date yesterday and I wasn't there. And she started to cry. And she was like, and they were all talking about it at school today and how I wasn't there. And I felt so left out. And Brooke, I just, <laughs> it you just like, looked like Elliot. Oh I my literally, God. you look so much like her anyway. Oh, but it you just like broke, her, broke um, my heart. So those moments have been, it's been a struggle. I mean, yeah. I'm sure everybody's been on the struggle bus, you know, but also she gets to ride the bus to school. She loves that. You know, she's making friends. We have play date, you know, like it's all getting better. And luckily Edith came down with her to school. So Edith is coming to school down here. So we have her best friend here and we have Caroline and like shout out to Caroline. I know you're listening. And, you know, but overall I'd say her adjustment has been okay. Yeah. We had a scare with COVID um, with Eric's show and Eric had to isolate for 24 hours and mask. And she was really bothered by that. And when she got to school, like an hour after she got to school, the nurse called and said, Elliot's here with a stomachache. And I was like, it's emotional. This is what's, you know, and I just, I know that. But overall, she's doing really well. They're, they're resilient, you know, and yeah. now she's pumped to get her shot. She wants to get it under the blue whale at the History Museum. She's like, let's wait in line, Mom. I can't wait, you know. So um, she just wants to take off a mask and play with her friends, you know. Yeah. So, but she's good. Over, re remarkably so, I think. Can I'm yes. going to ask you something more exciting. Oh, yes. Please do. Because we've been talking <laughs> such heavy things. Oh, my God, well, you guys. No, it's good. Wait, but I love that. It was just the question, how are you? Like, there's I a know. lot. No, there's so much. This it could is literally a lot. be it's like, like a wait, what answer episode. do you want? The, I'm great. Or like, what's <laughs> how you are? Well, and Kara um, and I talk to the people and we contribute some, but it's right. about our guests. Yeah. So I actually, I think, thank you for asking and saying, let's do this. Because, you know, it's nice to to talk and sort of maybe give more insight into who we yeah. are individually. You know? I, I, as an audience member, I'm, I know that your audience wants to know this stuff because we know bits, you know, yeah. and pieces and, um, but can you tell me a little bit about the very exciting <laughs> stuff that's going on with Mama's Talking yes. Loud? Yes. Um, we launched our merchandise website. <laughs> Y'all, we are so excited. Kara and I have been talking for months and months and months about merchandise, and it's just in time for the holidays. Jump on it. Um, but we, so go to our Instagram, check it out. Um, there is a link there for our link tree. I'm going to, um, hopefully by the time you hear this, I have figured out how to connect a shop to Instagram. Y'all, I'm telling you, I'm learning all the mm. things. Um, but we do have a shop. And I built the website and designed the stuff. Um, you know, it's our tag team. Kara and I tag team. When one of us is drowning, the other one picks up the slack and so on and so forth. So I, I, the, the merchandise is a large part, um, just my brainchild, um, the website and everything. And, um, and we're so excited for it. We took pictures in Times Square the other day. Kara came in and um, my friend Judith took pictures for us. But we've got... We've got all the things you need for your mom life. Yeah. We've got a large um, insulated tumbler for coffee or water if you want. We've got some insulated water. <laughs> <laughs> We've got insulated wine mugs. We've got a fanny pack for hands free because hello, you know, hands free is the way to go. Um, there is a notepad that I designed, actually. I created it on Canva, the graphics, how it's all set up, what it is, and it's a daily notepad. Hashtag mamas make it happen. It's to keep your priorities in check, what you got to do on your to-do list, any notes you need to take. We've got that. We have keychains. We have stickers. What else? Stickers, keychains, notepads, fanny pack, mug, mug, and a cell phone case. Oh yeah, you haven't seen I that seen yet. That one. Yeah, no, but, I'm definitely getting the coffee because I yes. even today I was like, oh, I don't. Yeah, you could put tea in it. You could put whatever, <laughs> but it's big. It's 22 ounces, y'all. Yeah, it's, it's and all these things are made in the USA, so you don't have to worry about them sitting on a cargo ship in, in the Long Beach uh, port of LA or Long Beach, um, and so you can get them. But uh, yeah, go to our Instagram or search us on Shopify. That's where our shop is, and. Um, 
yeah, we're excited and buy your things and spread the word and then tag us for sure. If you buy anything, cause then we'll share you in our stories and, um, and that's the way it works. It's like, you know, I hear it's so interesting because I listen to all these other podcasts too, that are like the daily and things that are, yeah. you know, sponsored by large publications. And the, even they still are like, please tell your friends about our podcast. Cause that's how it works. And I was like, oh my gosh. Because this the, comes down to you don't want to ask for help. You don't. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. I don't want to ask and you for have help. To, we're, guys, friends, <laughs> y'all. I don't wanna, We're not saying guys anymore. Y'all. Y'all. We. Let's support. Because yeah. it's so good. Well, it's such a good podcast. I'm definitely getting. Um, well, thank you. The coffee. But it is you know, to share. And I think a lot of people actually don't know that. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about it with other stuff. People don't know sometimes that you need help. And so I often think, how come no one's offering to help me? It's like, well, because you didn't tell. They don't right. know. Right. That's true. They don't That's know true. unless you tell them. That's true. That's true. So, so yeah. I think what you're doing is amazing. I think, Thank and you. I know Kara's not here, so we'll maybe, maybe you'll do another one. We can find out what's going on. I think we should. Kara. I think we should talk to Kara. Yeah. For sure. Because her experience sure. has been different than mine. Yeah. You know, it's like my husband and I are both back to work in a show and Elliot's at school and we live close by and you know, Kara's experience is not the same. You know, Graham yeah. just started going back to work at Book of Mormon, but their commute, they live out in Jersey. And so I know like it adds on hours to the time that he's gone and she has to hold down the fort with two kiddos on her own, you know, and Elon's got her therapies and Finn has all his extracurricular, you know, it's like her life coming back into this space while, while a lot of it didn't change from how it was in the pandemic, the difference was Graham was there. And Graham had never right. been there before. And now they're back to Graham not being there as much. Right. Um, and so what that is for her and what that feels like. So, um, but yeah, I can't believe it's been two years since we launched this podcast. Two years. And we're almost to 100,000 episodes, y'all. We are almost there. We're at 98,000. Wait, what do you mean? We launched in October of 2019. 100,000 episodes. That's how many downloads have happened. Not episodes. Uh, downloads. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you did a <laughs> I missed a few. Could you? <laughs> okay. Go back. I have so much listening to you. Oh, my no, God. Could you imagine? Amazing. Yes. We are at 90- I never wanted to ask those questions because, again, I like to know how much people sleep. I uh-huh. want to know your schedule. And well, I do want to know how does that work? Well, the thing is, is the really, like, there are some po- well, if you do a true crime podcast, you hit a hundred thousand up or hundred thousand downloads oh in a matter gosh. of like weeks because I know that for a fact. Okay. But um, for us, you know, we're the little engine that could. We're not, yeah. you know, we're not famous people. We're some moms trying to spread the word, and you know, for a long time, it was a very niche um podcast. I think with regard to speaking specifically about Broadway and theater, and and now we're trying to branch out more. And I and. You know, I, it, it makes me so happy whenever I hear from people who are not mothers who are like, oh, my gosh, I, I thought it would just be stuff I didn't know. Either it was all about moms or it was all about Broadway and I'm a mother not in the arts and I don't know about Broadway. But these are human interest stories. Like these yeah. are just human stories and they're so interesting. And so I'm hoping that more people can, you know, as we have the merch and as we spread the word, that's how podcasts grow is word of mouth. And it's by, you know, if you have an episode you really liked and you send it to a friend or a couple friends and you say, Hey, this was so good. I really liked it. Listen to it, you know, because you, you search mamas on iTunes and my God, it's like, you know, mom podcast, there's thousands, literally thousands, you know, and, um, and we're not famous people. So we're just trying to, to amplify the voices. I think the conversation around, you know, with regard to childcare and support for mothers and parents in our country is an ongoing issue, obviously. And, you know, it's been tragically cut from any kind of conversations now that where we had thought there was going to be some movement and, um, and it's not okay. Moms are not okay. Working moms, stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home moms are working moms. Like everyone, you never hear someone say working dad. No. And I'm going to mic drop that. You never hear someone say working dad. And even though we do say working artist mother and working mother artist and we specify working mothers, that's something you change the change the language of too, right? It's like when I read that the other day, they said no one ever says working dad. It's just yeah. a given. Well, no, and you see a dad picking up kids and it's like, oh, look how sweet yeah. you are. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. Eric said, like, he's like, I always get so offended when people say things like that to me. 
because they say that to him right. and he's there often, you know, like we're both home during the day. So we do a lot of stuff. And, and he was like, whenever I pick her up or we're hanging out, people are like, oh, it's so good that you're here or whatever. And he's like, I, it's my kid. Like, of course I'm here. Like what? Right. You know, he's like, I get offended. Like as a dad, I don't want to do this. You know, it's shocking to you. So, yeah. um, we gotta, we gotta shift this narrative y'all. It's been going on way too long. And so spread the word, talk to your friends petition for, you know, support leaders and people who are running for office who have the thought of the parents in mind because the villages are gone, you know. Life is not the way it used to be. We don't all live in the same place. We don't live surrounded by our people necessarily. And um and that is directly affecting our quality of life and our mental health. And we can, we got to fix it. And are you finding time? I know we need to wrap, but I'm just, I'm just looking at you as <laughs> no, your friend and I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, I need you to find time. Are you finding time for yourself? What do you do? Do you know what I do? One thing I do is I really don't come home between shows. First off, <laughs> I did the other day and I was like, I said to Eric, this is why I don't because I end up cooking mm-hmm. still, you know, it's like my mother was here to help with Elliot, but, st- and Eric was here. There were three adults here and I still was the one that was cooking and getting things ready and literally was running myself ragged until I literally was like, I'm going to be late to the theater. I have to go. And I'm like running to get back to half hour. And, you know, that's why I don't come home, because when I come home, even though I get to see her and get to see Elliot and hang out, it's not relaxing. And so it's just more time that I'm not taking care of me. So I usually stay at the theater and I watch something. I zone out and watch something or I work on I work on stuff, you know, for the podcast or for Ivy and Clark, but it's just, it's me there and it's quiet and I can listen to music or whatever, or I can take a nap if I want. Usually that does not serve me well. though. (laughs) Usually I'm more tired when I wake up. Um, But also I have made a commitment to going to Pilates. Actually, it's on the way to her school. It's only eight blocks away. And I, I have been going two to three times a week. And if that's all I can do, it, it just makes me feel better. You know, I'd like to go for walks. I would like to do more, but once I get an assistant. I was going to say, hopefully once you have your assistant. And <laughs> you know that, what? You know what? I hope you really will, though, ask. And I keep saying it for myself. I need to ask more. I mean, and I feel the weird guilt. Like today, KJ's doing pickup, and I'm feeling, like, guilty, which is so silly because he's so thrilled. He's like, I haven't been with them. I want to be with them. Yeah. Like, yeah. We feel guilty. And why? it's like, That's, why it's feel crazy. guilty? Why is your time any less important why is you getting to do stuff any less important than him you know and that doesn't come from the partners that no something from somewhere oh yeah it's just our thing it's like you know I feel you know if Eric has something going on and I'm like I'm so sorry you know I'm can you do this I know you've got such and such and he's like of course honey yeah you know now they won't necessarily think to do it on their own like trust trust they are men and they tend to only be able to focus on one thing so like unless you ask them yeah they probably won't. And if you have a hard time asking like me, you know, then you end up doing all the things. And then you're like, why am I the person going to the grocery store and picking her up from school and doing the laundry? You know, like yeah. the laundry's not getting done because I'm not doing it. Yeah. However, like this morning I said to E, hey, I've got a packed day and laundry needs to get done. Yeah. And he's doing the laundry. I made KJ do the laundry too. You know, and I felt, like, but I did feel weirdly guilty, which is so silly. It's, it's like so I do it silly. every week. Why am I feeling well, guilty? Well, I think if they came up with it on their own then I wouldn't feel so guilty, but it's because I have to ask. And I've said that to him, you know, that's something I've said. Anyone have any insight into this? No, but that's something I've said. Like when I have to ask you to do something to help, that feels like I'm putting the onus on you and I'm, and I'm needing to, and I'm making you do something as opposed to, he's like, but I don't mind. I was like, right. But if you were to come to me and say, let me do this, that's why I said this last year when he came to me last year and said, let me do homeschooling. That I cried and it was everything. Just that, just the way it happened for him to come to me and say, I see you're struggling. Let me take this on instead of me saying, I'm struggling. Can you take this on? Well, I'm really glad that you did say that you're struggling and asking for help because I think that's huge. I mean, there wasn't going to be an assistant that was just going to enter. No. Like, do you need <laughs> looks, looks like you're having a hard time. I know, I know, I know, I know. No, but that's, no. you know, I also think you would never, if you had a friend that was like, oh, I need help, you'd be like, yes, get it. No, you I are know. such an advocate. And I hear you week after week when people are like, I asked for this, I asked for this in their contract or whatever. And you're like, yes, yes. <laughs> and I don't know that you would ask for it. So I'm so glad that you are. And I yeah. hope that as a view, as a viewer, as a listener, I'm so happy to um, 
hear you advocate for yourself and for all these other mothers. Mm-hmm. And it makes us feel less alone because we're all feeling like we're not balancing it. And so just in general, this podcast, it it is fun to see people that you are like oh they have of course they have it together and I love it. it's not that I want to see people not having it together no. to be like oh right we're all mm-hmm. great and we're all a mess yeah because we're all human yeah no one has it all together even the people with millions of dollars who have people that work for them yeah they still don't have it all together I guarantee it so now I'm looking at my notes. I don't know. You know, we've taken some turns. Let me know. Is there something that I left out that you know? But talk is there about? is there like one final thing that you would want to know, or are we are we good to go, or do you need to come back? <laughs> I have so many questions. You do. I'm looking over her I know. shoulder. I had now. a whole like I was like practicing like oh hi Jessica and I Matt. Oh my god, these are really good questions. They are. Yeah. Okay. What did but, we leave off? Well. I wanted, oh, yeah, different. how did you and Eric meet? I had that. Oh, how did we know. meet? Well, I oh, also doing was, a show. Yeah, I knew of that, course. but um, things of course. that surprised you of me. Do, 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 do. Um, oh, I yeah, the worst. Well, we covered we did some that. of these. The most, did you always know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What began your passion for advocating for parents? Well. Oh, yeah, I like yeah. this one. Do we love this? Or it's your future oh. self. I love one of these. Okay, I said, I know, I was I was on a hole. I didn't no, I love all those I said, questions. if you could talk to yourself But I could literally, ago, but wait, Brooke, yeah, all these won't. questions, these amount of questions, <laughs> we would be here for like five hours because I don't know how to give a succinct answer. So anyway, okay. ask me this. And and we'll... Wait, how would, um, oh, and then we need to know, I'll, I'll do a little James Lipton. Okay, so I said, if you could talk to yourself 20 years ago, what would you tell yourself? Just like in a sentence. Oh, it's making me tear up. It may not look exactly like you thought, but it will still be wonderful. You may not be where you were expecting to be, but but you're gonna have a hell of a life. And I and I'm pretty far along where I hoped I would be. Like that's the thing, you know. But we all have these goals and these dreams and aspirations, and just career-wise for myself. That's what I think about. I love who I am as a person now. Like, I, I I, would not go back to my 20s for anything. I love it. And I feel more, like, in myself and in my skin and than I ever did before as I've become a mother and then found myself again because I definitely lost myself for a while after I had her. Um, but career-wise, while I am so appreciative, please don't anyone come at me and say, like, but look at what you have. Yes, I am so appreciative and I am so grateful and I get it. But there are goals that I had set for myself that I did not achieve higher than what this is even. Um, And pressure that was put on me. So making peace with that. And so it's not that, but it's good. I think my last question. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. What do you think Jessica 20 years from now would say to you now? Girl, you should have been loving your body more. You're beautiful. Still, right? At the age of 40, just like still struggling. But that's what she would say. She would look back and she would be like, Jess, are you kidding? What I wouldn't give to be, you know, (laughs) to be that and have that skin. Have you noticed your skin changing yet? Because I have. Uh, just that's a sidebar, you guys. <laughs> I'm but, literally gonna go do but no, no. Yes. <laughs> no, but um, no, we're <laughs> sixty. You know, Jessica, twenty years from now, Brooke, you have me crying. I mean, that's not hard to do. I'm very, <laughs> as my cast told me the other day, I'm very weepy. When Adrian left, I was a mess during our scene, and they were like, "You really, Jess? You?" I was like, "Oh, shut up." <laughs> They're like, "You're so weepy." Um, but also like, good job. You're killing it. You killed it. You know? I don't know. I think about that. It's crazy. (laughs) Brooke, you got me (laughs) crying. I don't even know what to say about it. Thinking about getting older and wiser. But getting older is a lot. May we all be lucky enough to get older, right? Don't take it for granted. I'm trying not to do that. 
That's all she wrote. And everybody, please go to Mama's Talking Loud. Here we are with Jessica Rush. <laughs> my God, crying. Mama'sTalkingLoud.com. Oh, my God, Brooke, why are we in therapy? <laughs> Golly. Y'all. So, Talkspace, if you're looking for a show to sponsor, here we are. I don't know. We have BetterHelp has ads Oh, on I meant BetterHelp. Yeah, BetterHelp. That's better the one help. I knew better that. Help. Sorry. BetterHelp. BetterHelp, you guys. BetterHelp. We'll, we'll delete oh that. Oh, my God. No. BetterHelp. All right. Well, thanks if you made it this far, because, boy, I sure covered lots of things today <laughs> at therapy. If you made it this far, thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Brooke, thank you for coming and thank doing this. Thank you for having me. This, this is, is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I made her cry. I made her laugh. That's So the... many times. Yes. So many times. Yes. Laugh and cry. It's all good things. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. That was fun. Good. We got to get Thank Karen now to do it. And you know what's fun is to be here sitting with you doing it. That's what's been missing. You know, Karen yeah. and I, we still aren't in a studio. I know. It's you just, were like, let's no do it on Zoom. I was like, oh, I'm getting in this little closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, I miss that part. We used yeah. to do it. You know, there used to be a studio and we would go to it. And now that things can be done on Zoom, everyone just keeps wanting to do things on Zoom. And yeah, it's convenient, but it's nice to sit and talk to a person Yeah. in person. So anyway. Thank you. Well, thank you for sharing. And I um, I know that your audience loves hearing from you guys. That's why we're listening to hear all the other people, but because we do love, um, you know, hearing you and Kara. So well, next we'll listen to Kara and I'll be drinking out of my coffee tumbler yes! soon. <laughs> I'm so excited. Ooh, I hope y'all love them all. All right, everybody. Be well, Brooke. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. <laughs> See you at Scamper. Follow Scamper, you guys. Instagram. Follow scampertheater.com. Spelled the British way. Theater. Yeah, the only real way, you guys. Yeah. R-E. Come on. Let's be honest. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. Special shout outs to Justin Squiggs Robertson for our fabulous new graphic, Kristen Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Wardweber for our awesome theme song, and of course, the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.